the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. Hi everyone and happy Sunday. I'm Liz Collin. I'll be your host for the next couple of hours filling in for Mr. Brad Carlson on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Very nice of you guys to have me back today. It's been months. I'm shocked, frankly, that you even asked me back. <laughs> but, uh, Spencer, good to see you. Uh, nice nice to be here as well. It's a holiday weekend, of course. I hope Brad is being able to enjoy some time relaxing with family. Uh, another hot summer weekend all across Minnesota. I'll try to steer you through this Sunday a bit, trying to make some sense of this crazy world all around us. We have some great conversations ahead. We're going to learn a thing or two along the way as well. We do have a packed couple of hours planned. I'm going to give you a little bit of a a taste for what's to come here over the next couple hours, but a few special guests we're going to welcome to the show. A couple of them that are very fitting for the week ahead with the 4th of July holiday. One of the organizers and the first place winner of this year's high school speech competition in Minnesota. This takes place every two years, and this year they had to speak on the blessings of liberty in 21st century America. Thought it was fitting for our conversation today. But girls gathered recently at the state capitol in St. Paul. They gave some moving speeches. That's going to give you some hope for the future. So it's not going to be all bad news, I promise, for the next couple hours. You're going to want to stick around for that. And get this, the winner, she is just a ninth grader. And I don't think you're going to believe that after hearing parts of her speech coming up uh, in the next hour. We're going to share some of her incredible words a bright future ahead for her, no doubt. That conversation is going to happen in our 2 o'clock hour. I'm also going to fill you in on the latest on our documentary project over at Alpha News. That's where I am now. Bringing you a conversation with the film's director. The movie is based on my book, They're Lying, The Media, The Left, and The Death of George Floyd. We're calling the film The Fall of Minneapolis. And that film is going to be out for free this fall. It is a crowdfunded documentary, so it's your support that is making this possible. We wanted to check in again with Dr. J.C. Shea. He was the editor of my book. He's now the director of of this film, but it was here on The Patriot when we actually even announced this thing for the very uh, first time. And again, because of your support, we're getting this thing across the finish line this summer and hoping to release in October for sure, in the fall. Again, that's called The Fall of Minneapolis. So uh, the response to the book certainly been incredible. People still believe and want the truth. I'm convinced of that. And that's what we're bringing you each and every day over on Alpha News. And we're going to 
be uh, doing that with this movie to people that have never spoken up before and uh, getting really to the truth of what happened on May 25th of 2020 that changed uh, so much for so many of us. And the day we are still living the consequences of after all the lies that were told. So that conversation coming up a little bit here in, in this hour on a Sunday. Also ahead, a father fighting for our kids after his own son died just days after receiving the Pfizer COVID jab. This is going to be an emotional one, no doubt. Story of heartbreak, but also incredible resolve. This this man is incredible. He's on a new mission to protect others and also a brave whistleblower who walked away from her six-figure marketing career in order to highlight stories just like this one. Again, stories of heartbreak and bravery, though, above all else, for standing up and for speaking out. We're also going to highlight some Alpha News stories here in the next couple hours. Every day, we're focusing on on stories over at Alpha News that the mainstream media all too often ignores or refuses uh, to report at all. We're breaking big stories time and time again. If you haven't subscribed, you can do so for free. Our online newsletter is delivered to your email inbox every day. Just head to alphanews.org. You'll get our top four or five stories right there every day, uh, delivered to you about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's just Alpha News MN. You'll also see my weekly video podcasts there, and you can download download those post podcasts also, uh, just audio, the audio versions, wherever you get your podcasts, and it's called Liz Collin Reports. I always like to say a very clever and original title, right? We are always looking for your story ideas, too. You can keep in touch and send those story ideas to us at tips at alphanews.org. And following me is easy to do. It's at Liz Collin on Twitter. You'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, all the things where where the kids are, I suppose. Okay, enough of our uh, sales pitches, I think, at this point for for Alpha News and and what I'm up to. But I do want to get to our conversation, a very important conversation with Ernest Ramirez from Texas. So we'll be connecting with him next. His son died of an enlarged heart just days after getting the COVID jab. You'll want to stay tuned to hear what happened, his new mission, and how you can help. That's coming up next. You got a fast car, and I want to take it to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Starting from zero, got This Sunday, I'm Liz Collin filling in for Brad Carlson on what I think we call a holiday weekend ahead of the 4th of July on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, this is a a tough transition, a tough conversation, but I think it's an important one. And I certainly uh, applaud um, my next guest for coming forward and being on this this new mission. Really, as I said, living every parent's uh, worst nightmare, losing a child. Uh, His only son, and this happened just days after his son got the Pfizer COVID uh, vaccine, or the jab. I guess we shouldn't even use that uh, vaccine word, but we're going to listen to just a bit of his story from an online video first. My son received a vaccine, and he died a few days later. The only explanation that was given to me was in large heart. My government lied to me. They said it was safe. 
truth for their power and gain. I sent his autopsy, which took me three weeks to get to a specialist, and he said my son's heart was over double the normal size, and it had chemicals from the vaccine surrounding it, which causes death. Eat all the lies you've been fed. They need to quit pushing this on their children. I lost mine. Y'all need to protect yours. That is Ernest Ramirez, and he is kind enough to spend some time with us on the phone today from Texas. Ernest, thank you so much for for your time. And gosh, just we are beyond sorry uh, for this unimaginable loss, the loss of your of your six sixteen year old son. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate that. There is uh, so much to talk about um, with you, and uh, you know, I, I do encourage people to, to take a look at um, more of, of your story, and we'll, we'll talk about where they can go um, in just a bit. But take us back. It was more than two years ago, um, I understand, when, when this all happened. Yes, ma'am. It was uh, April 24th when my son passed away in 2021. And it was just days after he was vaccinated. Yes, ma'am. It was he. We went to get him vaccinated uh, April nineteenth, and like you know, we we thought we we're doing the correct thing that we we're told to do. You know, me, me being a single parent, I just we stayed locked up. I wouldn't let him out. Uh, the only way he could entertain himself was talking to his friends on the phone or. Well, they're playing games online, and they live right right there next to each other. And I was just so concerned about COVID. And like I said before, the only reason, they, what they did here in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, all they were doing was announcing people, everyone's catching COVID, everyone's being put into hospital, put on ventilators, and no one was coming out alive. Everyone was dying. That's that was a fear tactic they put on us that whole all, all that time. So I naturally uh, I was the only one in and out of the house. I was still working, so I went and took uh, the vaccine first, thinking you know uh, let me test it, make sure everything's okay on myself. But uh, I took the Moderna. They gave me the Moderna, and then Pfizer, you know, n- announcing that it was safe for teenagers and. Hurry up and get it before they catch COVID. And like I said, I believe their lies. Mm-hmm. I uh, and I, you know, me and my son were real good friends. We we're best friends. We never did anything uh, without each other. And I told him they said it's safe for teenagers. Do you want to go get it? And he said, Sure, Dad. You know, so we went, and he took that first dose. And uh, so I felt a little relieved. I thought, you know, it was you know protect my son. Those five days, and he never complained about nothing, no side effects or anything. So my neighbor, her husband, was a good friend of mine, and she's a good Christian woman. Her son is Junior's best friend. And so she asked if she could take the boys out to eat and play basketball, and naturally I said yes because they're good people. I know, I've known them for years, hmm. and I felt... Uh, that Junior was safe being uh, vaccinated. Well, she said they went, ate, 
they played video games and she took them to the park and they got off the truck and started running across the parking lot and he just collapsed right then and there Ugh. and you know naturally she called me hysterical and I wouldn't believe her you know I couldn't believe her so that I raced over there and they were working on him he was in the ambulance already and I tried to climb in and they, t- they told me I couldn't go in there with him you know, and I'm just watching my son on that stretcher. I understand you actually ran after the ambulance the entire way to the hospital, Ernest. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and then at the hospital, they worked on him a little while. I could see them. And the doctor came and just told me that my son was dead and I could go home. Tough. So naturally, I went crazy. I grabbed the doctor, threw him against the wall. And I, I know he couldn't be talking about my son. <clears throat> so I, I did. I left. At that, I just, I went. I had guys I knew. They were following me. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to be around no one. Oh. And uh, I walked back, I walked back to the house which was a couple of miles away. And I just got suicidal. I I figured, I figured there was no other reason for me to be here since my son is not here. Mm. They tried to calm me down. I just asked them to leave me alone. Don't ever come back. Mm. And then, uh, like I said, I got suicidal. But naturally, uh, something in my mind said I couldn't do that because I'd be a, one of the biggest sins, and I wouldn't see my son again. Mm. So that's why I changed it. And uh, I thought I'd fight for my son now. You know, they had, you know, somebody had to pay because he was murdered. It wasn't an accident. He was murdered. And uh, that's why I tried to try to stay positive. And I started speaking out. Uh, a friend of mine, she told me her brother passed away from COVID and they filed with FEMA for funeral assistance because naturally I didn't have insurance on my son because I was expecting to die first. Right. And uh, I filed with them. They denied me. They said my son didn't have COVID. I said, I know he didn't. He died from the vaccine. And they said they couldn't help me. So I said, all right, I'll figure it out on my own. So luckily I had people donate and help me bury my son. Oh, it's, just, it's so it's so heartbreaking, Ernest. And I'm wondering, ultimately, what did doctors tell you um, shortly well, after this doctors, happened? It was myocarditis? Okay. No, they didn't tell me anything. A detective actually came to my house the day we buried my son. My son. Uh, two detectives walked up and told me uh, what my son died of. And I was trying to figure that out. They're not doctors. Why are they telling me that my son died of myocarditis and uh, a large heart? You know, you're not a physician. The doctor should have contacted me. The doctor should have been the one to tell me this. So uh, I guess maybe I don't know what the excuse was. They were trying to cover it up or something. Yeah, and, that, and that's happened to you again and again, being censored and even having trouble getting getting your story out there. But that ha- that hasn't stopped you. Talk about even just your motorcycle rides. And I, I wanted to give out your website, uh, juniorsguardianvoice.com. So jrsguardianvoice.com. 
uh, com. It's a website I really encourage people to go to to be able to help and also follow follow your journey. But 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 talk about that. Just the the road you've been led on the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I started speaking out here in Texas, Houston, Austin, and. Uh, the steps of Austin, someone just came up to me and asked me, what do you get, what do you plan on doing? I said, I don't know. And something inside me said, I need to go to DC. So that's when I made the plan of riding my motorcycle to Washington and uh, just get more attention to get, you know, attract more attention. Cause I have pictures of my son on my motorcycle, my last father's day card that he wrote me up on the back, uh, mm-hmm. on the back. And Senator Ron Johnson heard of it and asked if he could have a meeting with me. And I said, of course, my plan was to go in October. And he, he asked me if I could wait till November because he wanted to be there with me. He also asked me what my plans were. I said, I don't have any plans. I said, I'm going to go knock on the gates here. Biden opens up. I need some answers. So I ended up waiting till November to, that's where he ended up doing the round table. And that's why I met all the other vaccine injured. I didn't know. I thought this was just me. I thought I was the only one affected by this thing. And that's why I met Brianna Dressing, uh, co-founder of React 19, Dr. Joel Joel Walscog, little Maddie DeGarry, and so many others. And then, you know, it just, I just thought, oh, my God, what's going on? And I got so, I got close to them. They're like, they're like my family now. So uh, I started saying, you know what, this is bigger than just me and my son. So I started thinking I need to start fighting back, not just for my son, but for the vaccine injury. So I started, you know, speaking out, talking about how uh, after I got back from the round table around Christmas time, you know, naturally I got real depressed being alone. And I got a phone call from Dr. Robert Malone. He was check, checking on me. And he lifted my spirits. And then I, after we talked, I get another phone call, and I thought it was probably another doctor I met. And uh, I answered it was FEMA, calling me, asking me for more information. And I told him, no, you denied me already. I said, and uh, I asked you to destroy that application. And they said, well, we need more information. I said, no, you don't. I said, and uh, you have everything. You denied me. They wanted to help me with funeral expenses. I said, why? My son's already buried. I said, you know, just destroy that thing and leave me alone. I said, you, because they had me on the phone for 45 minutes, on and off hold, so I know they were talking to somebody else. And I said, you or anyone else listening into this call, you want more information about me or my son, Google my name and you'll know exactly who we are. Yeah, it's pretty easy, easy to find your, your story, um, it being out there. Well, I want to continue this conversation, yep. but um, sorry, Ernest, we need to take a, a quick yep. break. But you said you could hang on, right? Well, yes, ma'am. We'll have you hang on. But uh, Ernest Ramirez, uh, we'll, we'll play some, some more comments from him. But I also want to bring in um, some comments from Texas Lindsay, uh, who you know, but she left a successful corporate career. After being so troubled over the censorship issue happening with with stories like yours, but we're going to share uh, that connection also coming up.
Welcome back. Liz calling in for Brad Carlson on this Sunday. I'm joined once again by Ernest Ramirez, who lost his 16-year-old son to myocarditis just five days after receiving the COVID vaccine. Ernest, thanks again for, for being on with me today. Yes, ma'am. And before we went to break, you were talking about, um, you know, getting this call from from FEMA. But ultimately, have you received any acknowledgement, uh, you know, at this point from Pfizer, uh, from the federal government um, for what happened no, to your son? Still, still no, nothing. No, ma'am. I, I, I've emailed uh, everyone, FDA, CDC, Pfizer directly, uh, Biden himself, you know, and uh, even my governor, uh Abbott, and no one to this day has responded, and uh, that's what I don't understand. These are supposed to be people that we elected for our best interests, and not even uh, condolences or nothing. You know, that's the least they could have done. I've even, like I said, with all this censorship, <clears throat> we do have a lawsuit against White House, Biden, and other government officials for censorship, and I was asked if I could... Uh, get knocked off or banned, I said, yes, that happens to me on a regular basis. Luckily, I have so many followers that, I, that support me. When they know I was censored, they would ask for information and they'd post it for me. So uh, they asked me, can you get knocked off again? I said, yeah, by the morning, I'll be knocked off. So I actually did a video calling Biden out, Fauci, NIH, CDC, FDA, everyone. I dared them to come stand up to me face to face. You know, I, put, I posted it on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. But since his lawsuit started up, they no longer, they no longer censor me. And uh, was a couple of weeks ago, my YouTube was taken down. They said for going against regulations. And they wanted to know if I wanted to appeal. And I actually told them no. And I sent them a thank you letter. I said, because you what little... You don't realize what you're doing is actually bringing me more attention. So I want to tell you thank you for everything you're doing to me. And I also and, uh, wanted to actually bring up um, this dovetails with with um, you know the conversation I had with Lindsay Jones is her name, but Texas Lindsay she goes by uh, on Twitter yes, and has has a large following. But she's a gal from Texas herself, um, kind of helping to fight this fight of, of censorship. Um, this is what she had to say when I asked her recently in an interview if she has any regrets walking away from her good-paying job uh, to help people like you tell their stories. I have no regrets. Um, and there's still work that needs to be done. There's a, a dad that was just censored off of YouTube for sharing his own story about his son dying of myocarditis five days after he got a shot, and they removed his channel. And so I've been able to, to build up a, a pretty nice reach on Twitter, and I went on told his story, and called them out. And amazingly, they, they gave him his channel back. He's a single dad. He has nobody. And he lost his only son. And they confirmed it was myocarditis. And it's just, this is still happening. And it's and we need we need something. I, I just don't know what it is that can fund to counter this. But um, I don't, um, I don't know. I just... Um, I will not sit by and let it happen. I have to fight back. So clearly, Lindsay, very emotional um, as she talked about your story, Ernest. And you can hear more of that interview on Alpha News. Uh, my conversation with Texas Lindsay is listed on our video section on our website. But but talk about that ultimately, um, you know, what what you guys do want, want to happen here. 
what I want to do is try to change the world because this is just getting worse and worse. Like Lindsay, she's a dear friend of mine. Yeah. We hold a Twitter space and she's always on there with me. So, you know, we are trying to, that's the only way we're going to do it. We're going to have to, we need to bond together. I've said that several times and uh, that's actually what we need to do. We need to take our government back and have them stop molesting, destroying our children, uh, trying to turn them into uh, little girls and you know, little girls into boys and boys into girls. I mean, what kind of sickness is that? I mean, if we don't stand up and protect our children, nobody's going to do it. They're just going to take advantage of them and steal them right from under you. And there's nothing you can do about it or say about it. And that's why I think people need to pay attention also, Ernest, because I was talking about this with Lindsay as well, the fact that it's so difficult to even put your messages out there because they are um, taken down and there's this censorship uh, you you have to fight as well. And I was going to bring up a story uh, we've done again and again, um, these stories on Alpha, sadly, but I just recently interviewed a a Minnesota mom back in, in May. Jen Nitz is her name, but she suffered a brainstem stroke just at the age of 49 that she barely survived and she'd recently just uh, received her Pfizer shot as well um, after it happened. But the numbers we put in that story, more than 20,000 Minnesotans have reported adverse events associated uh, with these shots, 287 people with permanent disabilities and 500 deaths. And we know that, you know, the CDC just recently acknowledged a stroke risk uh, associated with Pfizer injections. But you're right, we still see them uh, pushing these on our children. Exactly. I mean, why? Uh, my question is, why is it we get a bad batch of meat or vegetables or fruit, the FDA pulls it right away, you know, automatically? We have the so-called vaccines killing and injuring people, and they're still pushing it. I mean, I don't understand that part of it. If it affects one person, my common sense would tell me, stop this. And let's, we need to investigate it. But they continue. Somebody's getting paid off, and I'm pretty sure they're getting paid off really, really well. Hmm. I've seen how the billions of dollars they've sent over to Ukraine for a war, that's really, I figure, like I've always said, I try to raise my son right, love God, country, and family. I would not take food out of my son's mouth to give to someone else. I would make sure... My home is good, and then whatever extra I have, I'll help my neighbors with. That's what we're supposed to do as a country also. We need to take care of ours first before we start handing out. And the thing is, you're talking about billions of of dollars going overseas. We have homeless vets here. We have starving children here. We have all this child trafficking. We have everything going on. We need to fix here before we worry about other countries. That's that's one thing, like I said, I am just an average person, but I do have my own mind. I'm not trying to follow these evil people that are trying to take over, kill, injure, and rape our children. You know, like I said, I wish I was in a position I could do something more. Well, you're, you're doing a lot. And, and tell people where they, they can help in, in your mission uh, again. Well, I have uh, my life funder, <clears throat> excuse me. It's uh, you can find it. It's justice for Ernesto. That actually helps me with my traveling. You know, my fuel, my lodging, whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, uh, you know, there, uh, anything's appreciated. I want to thank everyone that supports me. 
their prayers, not just financially, but prayers and uplifting. Because the past few weeks, I've been in a very bad depression. I can't, you know, I'm just here by myself, and I have so many things going through my mind, and it's hard. But when I see my vaccine injured people was smiling, even though they're going through all this pain, they smile when they see me. That's what makes me feel better. That's why I try to do as much traveling as I can. I've been asked to go all over. You know, I'm going to be, I have an event I'm doing in a couple of weeks and on July 22nd in Conroe, Texas, for the vaccine injured. 100% is going to the vaccine injured. And then I have another one in Gainesville where I uh, should be meeting up with Nancy and Shelly and Dr. Biz and uh, so, so many others. Uh, that would be in August 5th. Then I have another event I was asked to be in, uh, Dallas, Texas, with Dr. Ely. And I've also been asked to be in California. So, like I said, I don't care. I miss a lot of work, but I, I believe it's worth it because it's something very important to me. Uh, my job has been so supportive so far, but um, I'm sure they eventually get tired of it. But anything that, you know, like I said, anything that people can help is greatly appreciated. It's uh, it's Justice for Ernesto on Life Under and Junior's Guardian Voice. You know, I also have an application for anyone that's injured or grieving. You can contact me there also. My phone is on 24-7. I answer my calls as much as possible because uh, you never know who needs uh, to have an ear to you know, listen to. I'm always here. You, If someone wants to talk, or they need, you know, just that little support, I'm more than willing to do it. That's, I'll do my part as much as I can. Yeah, and that Junior's Guardian Voice, um, that, that website is really really so sad to see those, those young faces and, and read their stories. But uh, again, juniorsguardianvoice.com. Uh, Ernest Ramirez, we thank you so much uh, for all the time you spent today, for showing up, for standing up, and for speaking up uh, for your son. Thank you, ma'am. I really appreciate that. We appreciate you, and we'll continue to follow your journey uh, on Alpha News uh, as well. Ernest, thanks again. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a, a break and, and come back with a conversation with uh, Dr. J.C. Shea. He is now uh, the director of a new movie we are working on, so that is coming up next. Let's go, girls. Spencer, doing a great job with the country music. Thank you very much. Making me feel right at home. Welcome back, folks. Liz Collin in for Brad Carlson on this Sunday. It's been fun to to be here so far. We have uh, a lot more ahead. Little uh, break in the action here to give you a, a weather update, but looking like the heat streak is going to continue uh, through the 4th of July. We have some 90s in the forecast, along with some chances of some much needed rain. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that actually happens this time uh, to start the week. But certainly the dog days of summer are upon us. Coming up here uh, on the radio, we're going to look back on uh, a bizarro world of Minnesota news. I don't know if you guys have heard yet of the Sparkle Creed. It's a thing. 
uh, from a Lutheran church in Edina. My colleague Haley Phelan from Alpha News is going to join me coming up to talk about that and many more, let's call them bizarro, that's what they are, but uh, Alpha News stories that made headlines this past week, that's coming up in the next hour, so stay tuned for that. Also ahead, the blessings of liberty in 21st century America, fitting for this 4th of July week we are headed into, but some girls gathered recently at the state capitol in St. Paul, gave some very moving speeches. That's going to give you some hope for the future. Uh, we're going to talk to the winner of this year's competition and also the organizer, how perhaps you have a, a kid that wants to be involved with this. It, it's wonderful to see and really some some moving words that were spoken uh, near the rotunda in, in St. Paul. So we'll talk about that also ahead. But first, the very first, I think we can call it the very first Alpha News movie, The Fall of Minneapolis. It is coming this fall. Based on my book, They're Lying, the Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. And I am very pleased to welcome back my book's editor, now the film director. He wears many, many hats, uh, Dr. J.C. Shea. Thank you for being my guest on The Patriot once again, my friend. How are you? Oh, thank you, Liz. And uh, thank you, the uh, Patriot listeners as well. Good to be back. Yes, I I said we have to have you back. We're going to be talking about the film. This is actually happening. But let's go back months ago, uh, Jay, and we were basically here begging for money back then, if you recall. Yes, I do. And (laughs) and I wanted to say thanks. Um, the, The actual first donations we received for this entire project came from Patriot listeners. So I just wanted to say, give a sincere thanks to uh, Brooks, Elizabeth, Linda, and the others, you you know who you are, who were the, among the first to actually donate and, and help get this project started. Yeah, it's been it's been remarkable. We we thought after putting the book out, you know what, maybe we should should do this thing in, in documentary form. Uh, we recently have done uh, the interviews and there's a there's a lot happening as we're going to put this uh, story together. But I did want to have a conversation with you again. I was able to to Talk to you also on the uh, podcast, Liz Collin Reports, through through Alpha News. Uh, but you have such an interesting story yourself, but a former uh, police officer, former volunteer firefighter. As I said, you basically do it all. I haven't come across anything you don't do quite yet, Jay, to, to be honest. Uh, but why was this uh, a case that, that you wanted to be involved with as far as uh, exposing the, the truth, I should say, um, about this case? Yeah, as as we've learned recently, you know, through the Twitter files and Hunter Biden laptop and other things, um, the truth was sign of kind of went askew in in 2020. And what really caught my attention from this case was that almost immediately from the very beginning, there was this insistence upon the murder of George Floyd. Now that very well may have could have been been the case. However, we had police leaders, city leaders, government officials, politicians declaring it a a murder before the autopsy report was finished, before all of the body, the police body worn cameras were available. Before any of that, any conclusive empirical evidence was available. We already had this rush to judgment And it really started to sound strange to me, at least to my ears, when there was this assistance from the word go. And that really didn't align with the facts, where if you step back and thought for a second, 
There's an officer who decided to commit murder in the middle of a street in Minneapolis in front of dozens of people with cell phones and things recording and thought nothing of it. That should sound bizarre. (laughs) Yet that's exactly what we were hearing from our uh, political leaders and the narrative uh, in mainstream media. And you really were not allowed um, to disagree with the, with that narrative. Uh, cancel culture came out in in full effect. Um, something I obviously felt felt personally, but but my husband as well. But I would say on a, a much larger scale, the law enforcement community uh, more more than anyone else um, all across the, the country. We say that you know the the match was struck here in Minneapolis, but but quickly spread. Yes, absolutely. And I think right there was the opportunity for, um, you know, I, I hate to speak uh, ill of your husband, Bob Kroll here. Oh, I have no problem doing it. Yeah, I figured. But uh, <laughs> um, he makes the statement of, hey, we need to wait for the autopsy. We need to wait for the body cams. Our officers are fully cooperating with the investigation. Hey, let's not rush to judgment and, and let's just be patient for a moment until we know all the facts. That triggered, to me, the most bizarre reaction I have ever seen. I think he only wrote 10 sentences. But the media spin on that then became Bob Kroll, police union leader, supports racist police officers. Mm -hmm. And what was most, the strangest thing out of all this for me, um, the most glaring problem was when you looked at the four officers involved, two white officers, a black officer, and among Asian-American officer, you have to stop and think for a second, if Bob was truly a racist, he's failing miserably at it. <laughs> uh, that's an inter, you know, a mixed interracial group of officers that he seems to be sticking up for, but yet he's tagged with these, these horrible labels of being a racist, and that, to me, the gulf in between the reality and the narrative that was being put forth uh, just seemed it was it was like as if they were reimagining everything he had said when it was so basic and common sense. I just couldn't understand what was going on. So that those two things for me really raised some deep concerns about we're no longer dealing with facts anymore. There's some narrative being put upon all of us. And like you said, Liz, really a lot of folks weren't given a chance you had your ordeals to go through getting canceled, uh, and not just once, two, three times. But then also, uh, I, along with um, a friend of mine, one of the published one of the first articles in law enforcement news on the case, and he immediately noticed that his normal social media traffic plummeted. And by plummeted, I mean from normal one million views down to less than ten thousand. And to this day, it has never recovered. It was as if a light switch just went off. And we now know, uh, with three years of hindsight, there was a lot of social media manipulation going on and affecting the truth and narratives at that time. Absolutely. And why we always say, um, too, with this case is even if you don't have a connection with law enforcement or in Minneapolis, you should care um, because this isn't what justice in America is supposed to, to look like. And, and frankly, I think it should send a chill down anyone's spine once they actually hear the, the truth about about this. Let's talk a little bit about the, the documentary. Um, it was a, 
a whirlwind of a, of a week, and I think uh, emotional for for all of us on on so many levels. But you know, the book is is one thing. Uh, it it has done very well an Amazon bestseller for for a couple months, and um, you traveled uh, across the country, uh, which you know our, our expectations. We weren't really sure with this was this thing, putting it out there. But we've gone to, I think, basically every Legion and VFW in the state of Minnesota at this point, some a couple of times, <laughs> but uh, meeting just just great people, um, which shows that people, you know, still do believe in the truth. But this documentary has sort of taken taken a turn with people providing information that we didn't simply have for the book. And we were shocked again and again putting putting the book together, but I think even more so uh, with, with this film, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's been invigorating and it's also been you know it not i don't want to say affirming in a way but there is a lot of validation and i i think you know as well it was a good long 2 years of being one of the few voices or at least someone still trying to counter the media manipulation that wasn't going well for a, a long time mm-hmm. and to finally hear People seeing, you know, yourself, Liz, having the courage to write a book, to speak up, to put the facts out there. I think that gave a lot of hope to people to turn around and say, well, wait a minute. If she can do this, maybe it is time for me to speak up. And over and over again, you know, at your book signings, which I do think you hold the record for VFW and airport hangar book <laughs> signing visits. Um, it's, it's extraordinary, I must say. Um, but the the fact that now more people were starting to come out and share their stories with you and not just anecdotes. I mean, deep soul searching Hmm. life altering perspective, altering facts and stories with you. I think if we did 30 interviews, Liz, um, I'm going to say at least 20, 25 of them, somebody was crying um, because it did go that deep to the stories and the facts and the truth that was behind all of this. And I hope that comes out in the documentary and it, and it will, it may not be um, the most entertaining and lighthearted documentary ever done, but it certainly is truthful. It certainly is authentic. We certainly have people speaking their minds and bearing their souls on camera. And yes, there is a lot of crying there. Um, But that just shows the other side of all this, that, in hiding the truth and suppressing the truth, all of these voices, all of these people had suffered greatly, and they still are, by having these lies and having to live these lies and these narratives being forced upon them. So if nothing else, I hope the documentary achieves the opportunity for people to see what was really going on and hear it from the people themselves. Yeah, I think that was the feeling of, for me, Jay, during that week, just frustration and and sadness. Um, I think I cried through every interview. I'm going to be going to be honest, um, but but this open sore that so many people still have. We, but we have uh, medical experts in the film, uh, police officers. I think really Minneapolis lost the best of the best when it came to their uh, police force in all of this. Uh, families of the officers involved, uh, some of the officers themselves. Um, but but really to hear these stories and for them to talk about this for the the first time, uh, it's impossible uh, not not to react and and to feel uh, for all that they've all gone through. 
Yeah, and, and if I may, Liz, and um, what I think, the things I think is also very extraordinary about this from having worked on other documentaries and, and interview type shows and stuff, the fact that folks knew you or knew Bob or could relate to what you went through um, because you were canceled at least, let's say, two or three times, there was an immediacy there and an openness that I have rarely seen. I mean, directors can talk about developing rapport and bringing calm on set, but you made these profound, immediate connections, and people were immediately telling the truth, going deep in sharing what they thought and what they felt, <clears throat> and hence a lot of the crying. I mean, a lot of police officers know this trick. You might have just been on a, on a horrible call, you know, child abuse call, something horrible, a murder, you name it. And then you leave that scene and you get a, you know, a parking violation or a barking dog complaint. You've got to suck it up on the car ride over there and show up as if nothing else has happened in your day. And I would be lying if I didn't say there were more than a few times where I needed to take those moments myself and turn away from the set, just get my composure and turn back around again. So I'm thankful for some police experience with that. But the stories that people are telling and even just the people who are telling them. Uh, I know others have tried to talk to some of your documentary participants, and they have not spoken or they refuse to speak to the media and anyone else. So for Patriot listeners, the documentary is also the opportunity to hear from several people who've never spoken before at all. Yeah, and we um, are so appreciative, as you said, uh, Jay, for the support uh, contributions. This is a crowdfunded documentary. Uh, can be made at alphanewsmovie.com. We are we are grateful, but we are putting this thing out for free. That's the goal. As many people can see this as possible. That's the idea behind a crowdfunded uh, documentary. And we, we're going to do that uh, this fall. But Dr. J.C. Shea, the director now of The Fall of Minneapolis, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. All right. Thank you, Liz. Pleasure as always. And thank you again to the Patriot listeners. Absolutely. Thank you again. And theliexposed.com is the website to go to also to check out perhaps which VFW or Legion my husband and I will be visiting next. Again, thank you all for the support. Liz Collin here for in for Brad Carlson on this Sunday. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.